Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to see you this morning. Listen, you could have been anywhere in the world this morning, and you chose to come here. And I'm grateful and good to see you. And I'm excited about uh, uh, the, uh, the going in October 22nd to meet in, in the new building. That's going to be fantastic. Well, uh, before we get any further, my name is Stephen Williams, and I'm uh, the executive pastor of Disciple Making. I just came on a couple of months ago. Uh, my role in being the executive pastor of Disciple Making is kind of like in Galatians is explained in Galatians chapter 5, the Bible says uh, that we need to keep in step with the Spirit. That is a military term, can be a military term where you just keep in step. You walk in step with the leader, but it can also be a dance term where you dance with the Spirit, kind of the, the Spirit leads you and you dance with the Spirit. So I'm the new dance teacher. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I, 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 I can't dance, so I would be a terrible dance teacher. But there is a spiritual potential that each one of you has. And for you to glorify God and meet your spiritual potential, there is a journey that you take. You can't just have it today or tomorrow. You have to have a spiritual journey that you take. And so that's what uh, disciple making is, and that's the journey that we are taking in the Lord. So if you have, part of that this morning is, uh, is looking into God's Word. If you have a copy of God's Word or phone or you want to look on the screen, go to Matthew chapter 1, or Mark chapter 1, my, my bad, Mark chapter 1. We are going to be talking about the heart, the sermon series um, in dealing with the heart, is dealing with things that keep our heart from being. And I'm not talking about the muscle, the organ. I'm talking about our heart as in our spirit, our identity, our purpose, who we are. We have to guard our hearts because there's so many things that could take our hearts and destroy us. Uh, one of those is anxiety, anger. But this morning, we're going to look at distraction. Guard your heart against distraction. How many of y'all ever feel busy? Right? Really, really busy. So busy sometimes that you just, it's like, oh, I just can't breathe. It's just, uh, I'm just so busy. I got so much going on and, and, and so much in sometimes serving the Lord. I'm just, I'm pouring everything I've got into serving the Lord and, and I'm just so busy. It could be busy at work. You're busy with your family. You're just, you're just always busy. And that busyness can be a distraction from the real purpose that God has for us in this world and in life. Um, in Mark chapter 1, we want to look at what busyness looks like in the life of Jesus. Jesus was busy. And if you look in this text, notice in verse number 9, <clears throat> in verse number 9, Jesus, and this, is, this all happens kind of like really close together. Jesus starts his ministry and he's baptized. So he goes to the water and, become, and gets baptized, then he gets out of the water, and then he goes in verse number 12 to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. Now I've been tempted, but to be tempted of the devil for 40 days, that's, that's a lot. And he fasted those 40 days and 40 nights, and he was in the wilderness, and the Holy Spirit ministered, or the angel ministered to him, but he was busy. Then in verse number 15, the Bible says that he announced his public ministry so that uh, it now lots of people were hearing of Jesus and beginning to follow him. Matter of fact, in verse number 16, he goes out and finds disciples. 
He goes to Peter and Andrew and James and John when they're fishing, and he tells them, I want you to follow me. Then he goes to Matthew, the tax collector, and then he goes to Simon, the, uh, the radical, the, the zealot, and he puts together a team. And when he puts all this team together, then he begins his journey. And then in verse number 21, begins a 24-hour period of busy. Verse 21, he preaches a sermon in the synagogue. It's such an amazing sermon that everybody was like, wow, that was incredible. I've never heard anybody talk like that or preach like that. It's incredible. Now, not everybody liked it. The Pharisees thought it was a horrible sermon because it messed with their theology. But he nonetheless preached it. After he preached the sermon, he healed the demon-possessed man in the synagogue. Now, I've been busy. But I don't know if I've been that busy where I became an exorcist. And I would, I'd rather not be an exorcist. I, I'm a preacher, but don't, if you're demon-possessed, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, if I have to, maybe. I, but Jesus was that busy. He cast out demons. And then Jesus, in verse number 29, he went to Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law's house, and healed her. She was sick. They were going over there thinking they were going to eat. She's in the bed. Jesus goes in there, heals her. She gets up and fixes food for everybody. And then people in the town begin to hear about it, and they begin to come to the house. Everybody's full, full in the house. And then in verse 31, the Bible says Jesus heals the entire city sick and demon-possessed population. He begins his ministry, and then as he goes through, he gets a crowd, and through that crowd, he is so busy. Now, he's not just busy with his time. He's also busy with his mind, and he's also busy with his emotions. He's busy entertaining. Have you ever entertained people too much? He's like, I need you to get away from me. I've had too much of you or too much people. I've been around people too much. Now, some of y'all might like people, you know, really, really like people and like to be around. But there are some of us who would say, there's a moment where I'd like to sit on the couch, be alone. Don't, don't bother me. Right? That, that, that weighs on you. You become so busy and distracted that those things come in. And that's what Jesus had. But here's what I want to talk about this morning is the reaction to the busy. Jesus was very busy. What was his reaction? Verse 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. He spent time with God. Now, if we're talking this morning and we're saying, what should I take home with me? What truth should I take home with me? Here's the truth I want you to take home. Do not get so busy that you forget to spend time with God. Spend time with God. Spend time with God. Don't be so busy that you forget to spend time with God. See, Jesus, he was very busy, and he even stopped as the Son of God, perfect in every single way. He could have went all the way to the cross, could have went all the way without praying, but yet he stopped to pray, showing the vital importance of when you're busy, don't forget to pray. 
when we look at our own selves, now listen, this, I'm bringing this down to us. When we look at our own selves, we can look at Jesus. He's perfect. Yeah, yeah, he gets busy. He got busy serving the Lord, and then he prayed. But listen, our busy is different than Jesus' busy. As a matter of fact, the, our busy is a distraction sometimes. Yes, we are busy serving the Lord, but we're also busy worrying about the past and our mistakes. We're busy worrying about the future and what's going to take place. We're busy with doubt and wondering if God's going to be who He said He's going to be. We're busy with guilt and unconfessed sins. We're busy with laziness and busy with negative uh, people. We're busy with wrong theology. We're busy with, i got a test tomorrow. Uh, we're, we're busy with, I've got friends that have just betrayed me. Busy with bitterness. Busy with anxiety. Busy with envy and jealousy. We're busy people. It's no wonder that we have the problems that we have. We're just too busy. We have to deal with people. People have to deal with us. We're busy. We get down to the point also where we're distracted so much so that the culture, our culture has created itself to be that you have to have a little bit of ADD to even survive this culture. You know, Years ago, you could you you you'd have seven minutes before you needed to change over your 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 uh, what, whatever you was talking about. Just change it over, just, and, and there had to be a change because people had an attention span of seven minutes, and you had to change over. It's seven seconds now. Actually, Instagram and, I, and and TikTok, those things you just kind of keep scrolling, and and we have created that for ourselves. Now, listen, I like dumb YouTube videos as much as anybody. <laughs> So I'm not preaching a sermon against social media. Believe me, there's nothing wrong with a lot of things that we do. However, I am preaching a sermon about not being against something, but being for something, for spending time with God. And so in this text, we notice Jesus did it. And then we get into life and we notice that we need it. Why? Because the distractions of life, and we we think that it's something else. We think it's so complicated, our life is so complicated, there, there has to be a complicated answer. But sometimes in our lives, our answer is just spend some time with God every day and that will be your therapy. Now, again, there are other things that we need. There are other therapies. There are other uh, medicines. There are other uh, uh, people that are around us. There are a lot of things that we need, but don't. Don't minimize the importance of spending time with God. And when I say spend time with God, I'm talking about get, find a place, find a time to get into the Word and pray. It's just that simple. It's not anything complicated. It's just spending time with the Spirit of God. Or two thoughts, or two statements I want to get to and then go into uh, the, the meat of why we need to spend time with God. It's a statement by John Piper, and listen, this is a convicting statement. It's true. It's absolutely true. So I'm going to give it to you. John Piper said this, One of the great, great uses of Facebook and Twitter on the day when Jesus returns will be to prove prayerlessness was not due to lack of time. Prayerlessness was not due to lack of time. That's tough. All right, here's the second statement. In our world, prayer is often neglected by active people who are simply too busy. 
Prayer is often neglected by active people who are simply too busy. I believe this, that you can be so busy working for the Lord that you forget the Lord. And so, what do we do? What Jesus did. He spent time with God. So what does that mean? Let's go through it for just a minute, a few minutes. What does it mean? First of all, we have to embrace, we have to embrace consistent sacrifice. To spend time with God, there has to be a sacrifice. It means this, that it's not just something that we come across and, and something that we do when we have time to do it. No, it's a, it's a habit that we form, something that we would do each and every day, or it would be something so important that we would make it part of our lives, and there would be a sacrifice, and it would be a consistent sacrifice, where, where we do it not emotionally, we do it because it's supposed to be done. Listen to this statement. Christian experience, the Christian experience is not lived emotionally. And it's not based upon our emotions. For instance, we don't, we don't live our Christian life based on our emotions. If we, if we were to uh, be angry or if we'd be too happy or whatever we are to be, we don't do it because of our emotions. If we're going to be a Christian, it's, not, it's based upon truth. So we don't have a prayer life because we feel like having a prayer life. We have a prayer life because the truth of God's Word said we need to have a prayer life. So you consistent sacrifice. Creating habits. Creating habits of consistent praying and looking toward God. There have been many things in my life that have been very important. Extremely important. And I make sacrifices for them. But one of those, I will have to say, that has not been the priority of my life that it should have been, has been making time for God. So that's what we need to do. Is, is if, you need, if you want to spend time with God, if you don't spend time with God, well, I don't feel like it today. What you do is you just create it because it's supposed to be done. And, and that leads us into the second thought. And it's very close, but I want to make a distinction. The, the first thing about spending time with God is... Uh, and, and keeping us from, guarding us from distraction, is we embrace consistent sacrifice, but we also embrace intentional effort. Intentional effort. It means this, is that you are so, you, you are so bent on spending time with God that you actually put it into your calendar and you actually, and this is the practical part, that when you put it into your calendar, you are actually intending on keeping it. You know, I, I have a calendar. I have several calendars. I have, I have a calendar that uh, um, on my phone and you know put it together for reminders. I've got a notebook that I continually write notes in and then forget <laughs> that they're even there. But I just write them down and go back to the notes, try to find them. And and then I've got my wife. She's very very good at at helping me to remember things. And you, you, we got all kinds of things to help us to remember. Uh, to do things. And, and one of those things should be calendar God. Now he should be. Now listen to this. Don't, don't miss this. God should be preeminent. He should be our all in all. We should, have, we should know that God is with us all the time. But I'm talking about calendar. The time you spend with God. It just individually. 
Here, look in this text. In the text it says, And rising up very, rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. There are two things here. One was the time and the other was the place. Jesus picked a time and he picked a place to where he could talk to God by himself, where he wasn't distracted by anything else. And, and it kind of moved in that direction where Jesus says, I, I just need to talk to God. So find a time and find a place. Now, you, you, I've heard preachers say this. That look, if you don't get up early in the morning and pray, you just you, you, that's the time that you do it. Well, I'm not a morning person, so my wife is 5:30 in the morning. Hey, everybody, what's that? I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Said, I'm not, I'm not up. That's but she could do that early in the morning. The text is not telling you that you need to get up very early in the morning. It could be for you. You need to start your day off with Jesus. But it's what it's saying is make a time. Find a time in which you spend time with Jesus. You've got time for everything else. Make time for Jesus. A place. Find a place where you can be with God. My great-grandfather, in, I'm from Boone, North Carolina, and there's a, my grandfather owned a farm and and, and up on high on the mountain, there's a tree up there. And my great-grandfather, from what I understand, my great-grandfather was a pastor. And he would go up on the mountain, and there was a rock up there that he would go and spend time with God. Everybody should have a place. And it, it shouldn't be like it's a holy place. It's, it's not like the aura of God. But find a place that you can get by yourself and spend time with God. Now... Here's what I want to end with. Spend a little bit more time on this last thought. This last one is that we must embrace clear priorities. Why should we spend time with God? Why does it matter that we're distracted? It, does it matter that I like, I like social media? Does it matter that I am very busy and work and, and make money? Does it matter that, that I, I, I do all the things I do? Does it matter that I have 10 jobs or, or, or that my mind's always distracted? Does it matter that the world is the way it is? And, and, and uh, uh, Ellsworth Callis says this, If we see ourselves as creatures of purpose then it matters profoundly. If you see yourself as creatures of purpose, then it matters profoundly that you, when you are distracted and busy and too busy for God or you, you get so busy that you forget what happens is you lose your purpose. Here's what spending time with God does is it allows you to find purpose. Now, we'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to look at these three things. Clear priorities. Number one, is if we're going to have clear priorities, what they do, those priorities, and spending time with God, is to keep distraction from stressing me out. Why spend time with God? Because I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want the things of this world to stress me out. And if we spend all of our time on our stress, then how can we get stress-free? Spending just a few moments with God can help those distractions kind of wash away because the more that you read the Word of God, the more that you find God's soothing, cleansing, renewing spirit to be able to get through what's bothering you. I thought of this 
years ago, you know, we read the Bible sometimes because we, it makes us feel good. We read the Bible because we want to get chick marked with God. We read the Bible for several different reasons. But one of the reasons that we would read the Bible is that a consistent reading of the Bible, a consistent time with the Bible, not only gives you the knowledge, but it also helps you to think like God thinks. You go about your day. And you, after reading the Bible over and over, maybe you spent time this morning, you spent time tomorrow morning, spent time, and you don't see any results first three days, but let's go through a year. Go through a couple of years. Go to, through two or three years of just spending some time with God each and every day, and maybe you miss a few days or whatever it is, but you spent time with God. Once you do that, what will happen is you will begin to think like God thinks, and instead of when problems come, you're like, well, what, what do I do? What do I do? You will already know what to do because you have thought like God. God thinks, what would God do? And we say, what would Jesus do? We won't find that out until we get into his word and spend time with him where his spirit is speaking to us as we live. Because distractions do stress, stress us out. Worry and doubt, sin. Number two is uh, not only to keep distraction from stressing me out, but also to focus on my purpose. Focus on my purpose. If I have a purpose, I need to focus on it. So we can get so busy, again, we can get so busy working for the Lord and just doing what God wants us to do that we, we, we forget why we're doing it. You can be so busy raising kids that you forget the journey and you lose the journey of raising them. You can get so busy in relationships that you forget what your relationship's all about. You can be so busy serving God that you forget God himself. And so what spending time with God does is it brings us back to the purpose. And, and working for the Lord, it's, 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 it's difficult. Working with people and, and serving the Lord, it, it, is, it is difficult to do that. It's difficult to have a secular job. But spending time with God will help you even to focus on your purpose. Let me give you an example. If you maybe let's just say you got a secular job, you got a job where you're a plumber, electrician, whatever it may be that you have in life, and you're out in there in the world, and you're continuing to work, and you're like, oh my goodness, it's just the days just keep going and going, and you begin to stress out over what's happening. It, it, it would be good to stop, meet with God for a little bit, and understand why you're a plumber, why you're an electrician, why you're a janitor, why you are a CEO, why you own your business, and here's why you do that is because you're a child of the king and your purpose is to glorify God wherever you're at. And you'll not realize that purpose fully without continually coming back to the table with God. So it helps us focus on our purpose. You can't always be going. You have to rest sometimes. You got to rest. Um, football players. I like football. I don't know if y'all had a good day yesterday or not. We won't get into it. But uh, football players, they have to rest the next day or two before they can get back to practice. Any sport, any job, there has to be rest. Listen, you can't stay up all the time. You have to rest, even physically. Man, I used to do lock-ins. I don't know if y'all ever heard. How many of y'all ever heard of lock-ins with kids? You know, some of y'all, good night. I'm glad they went away. Uh, so... Here's what a lock-in is. Basically, it's where you get a bunch of teenagers together for all night, having activities with them and hoping that they find Jesus somewhere at 3 in the morning. Listen, my mama said nothing good happens after 9. But you get 3 in the morning, 
And you get all these people together at 3 in the morning, and then you've got to police them, hoping that everything goes right. And then you get up the next morning. Man, when I was 20 years old, it was okay. But, man, I got, I, last time I did it was in my 30s. I was like, good grief, I couldn't function for the next week. Why? Because my body was saying, you shouldn't have done that. If our bodies need it, our minds need it, our emotions need it, it needs rest. You ask the question, what kind of rest does our spirit need? It needs time with God. That's the rest. He said, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. I believe that. And if you believe that, spend time with God. Even if you don't feel it. Here's the thing. is, Even if you don't feel it, you're not doing it for a feeling. You're not doing it for emotions. You are doing it because God had said to do it. And you do it because you believe God when he says it matters. And then you will have the feelings and the emotions and everything with it. But we don't do it for that. We do it because of a spiritual discipline. And I'll give this last thing in a second. Now, you, you think about my parenting. I am saying things that my parents used to say that I thought I'd never say. Uh, you know, that commercial, you know. But <clears throat> y'all have heard your parents say, because I said so, right? It's because we don't have anything better to, we just don't want to argue whatever it is. It's because I said so, move along. We're the, we are, we are dominant. We are the parent. So you can't... Uh, I remember my mom saying that to me a lot because I said so. Well, here's the thing. I, I know maybe parenting it might not be the best. I don't know. I'm not going to argue it. But I do know this, that God does say that to us. He says, listen, trust me enough to believe me that you need to spend time with me. Not when you feel it, not when you feel up to it. It's just You just do it because God says that you need to do it. And here is the last reason why. is to prepare me for the glory of God today. I've got a lot to do today. I do. After preaching this sermon, I got I got a lot to do. I got to spend some time with my family. I got to prepare for tomorrow. You got lots to do today. You got a lot of emotional things, a lot of things that you got to do even after this today. After spending time with God. So spending time with God not only fixes the past, but it also provides something for the future. It prepares you for the future. It is. Verse 35, it says, In rising up very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him uh, searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus had all of this work that he had before. He spent time with God, the Father, and then he had work after, and he had a whole lot of work, so much work that he went all the way to the cross of Calvary. And right before he went to the cross, right before he was arrested, Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane, and he began to pray. And, 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 instead, and instead of him holding in his feelings or lashing out at other people, or whatever, and we know he's the Son of God, he wouldn't do that, but, but instead of doing anything else, what Jesus did with the feelings and emotions that he had with inside him, he went to the Father and talked to the Father and said, God, I don't want to do this. I, 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 if there's any other way, if there's any other way, I'll... I, I, and dying on a cross, give me that way. And he said, but nevertheless, what your will is. And Jesus was stressed, sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. And in his stress, he went to the Father and prayed, and it prepared him. It was a preparation for the next step of dying on the cross. 
What I'm saying is this. You've got to glorify God, and listen very carefully and closely. You've got to glorify God today and tomorrow. And if we don't find time to pray and to get with God, there may be some things from yesterday that are unresolved that I need to get right today to be able to do something today later, to be able to glorify God later. For instance, there may be some thoughts that are starting to get into your head, some thoughts of jealousy or anxiety or, or, or some, some things that you, maybe you've got some bitterness that's just creeping up in there and you've got some unresolved sins that's kind of creeped into your life. And, and, and if you don't find time with God, then you won't be prepared and cleansed for what's to come. Listen, I need God every day. If I don't get him every day, if I don't get a dose of God and quiet time with God every day, there's going to be something from yesterday that's unresolved. That's going to keep me from being what I need to be for God today. So here is the, the bottom line is you need to spend time with God. You need to have a cleansing, a renewal. You're going to face a train wreck in the world, and you need to be prepared. When you do spend time with God, this is kind of like a personal, I guess, testimony of what it's like spending time with God. When you pray and you read His Word and you talk to Him, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a video, like a YouTube video or some kind of video you watch that's wholesome. There are some videos I watch. Like, we were watching football yesterday, and a guy broke his leg. He's like, yee. You know, I didn't want to see that again. Some people tonight, but I didn't. And, and, and there's some videos you look at and you're like, ah, I probably shouldn't watch that again. But then there are those other ones. You know, it's got cats and dogs in them, whatever. I don't know what they have in them, but something that's wholesome. Something, uh, some kind of story where someone was kind to someone else. It just, it was, it was a continue, it was a good thing. It felt good. That's what it's like to be in the presence of God. You feel like this was right. I did not waste my time. You're not wasting your time stopping your day to spend time with God. When I was uh, growing up, every Sunday, uh, every Sunday we would have dinner or lunch, however you want to call it, uh, at the table together. Four kids, mom and dad, and we would sit at the table every Sunday. And that was the time where we would talk. We would kind of, uh, if there was anything to hash out, we'd hash it out. We, it was just the time where we felt safe and loved and we would talk about things in life. Mom would fix, oh my goodness, she'd fix vegetables. I don't know how she did it after church so quick, but she would fix all those things and put them on the table, and some meat would be there, and then there was cat head biscuits. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of cat head biscuits. Now, from what I understand growing up in North Carolina, cat head biscuits were called cat head biscuits because they were the size of cat's heads. I don't know. However, cat head biscuits. And what, what came from that is all that food was wonderful and glorious, but it was wholesome. It was right. It felt like this is, what, this, is what we're, this is good. This is what we're supposed to do. This is why we're here. We're loved. This is the invitation for you 
this morning. You may not even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus was busy dying for your sins. And so in this text, that's what Jesus is doing. Busy dying for your sins. And if you recognize that you're a sinner and the Spirit is calling and saying, I want you to be a part of the family. Jesus died for you. And you trust Him to be your Lord and Savior. And He will save you. For you that are followers of Christ, you may have a busy life and distracted and anxious and bitter and angry. You've got all kinds of cares in this world. It is an ongoing process to spend time with God, but it might be that you want to start this morning and say this morning, God, I've been pretty busy, but I need to talk to you and just start talking. God's calling you to the table. To be loved. Heavenly Father, we are grateful this morning for your presence, grateful for who you are. God, I pray that you would help us to uh, talk to you, spend time with you. Lord, we, um, we admit that we don't have it within us. That's why we need you. We don't have it within us to be able to do what is necessary, the work and the purpose, without help. And the help that you've provided is your word. The help that you've provided is prayer and your people. So help us, God. Help me. I am so, so far behind on my sanctification. In Jesus' name, amen.